Welcome back to Relic Radio Thrillers, stories of action, intrigue, suspense, and adventure that you can find every Friday at relicradio.com. Our story this week comes from Rocky Jordan. It's Fall Guy from May 1st, 1949. The series debuted in January of 1945, aired until June of 1953 over CBS stations. Here he is, Rocky Jordan. Time now for Rocky Jordan. Not far from the mosque Sultan Hassan in Cairo stands the Cafe Tambourine run by Rocky Jordan. The Cafe Tambourine, crowded with forgotten men. Alive with the babble of many languages. For this is Cairo, where modern adventure and intrigue unfold against a backdrop of antiquity. Tonight's story, Fall Guy. Three o'clock in the morning is just about the same all over the world. The streets and buildings and rooms and people are full of sleep. And even in Cairo, Egypt, you can't expect anything different. The whole town's packed with that kind of air that moves all around so you can't hear it, like a lady in a soft dress. I don't generally sit up and wait for three in the a.m., but last night was different. I was working on the books in my place above the tambourine when things got noisy. From my window, I made out a couple of Egyptian police waving pistols in the air. I didn't know what the show was about, but whoever they were shooting at figured to be the leading man. I didn't have time to pick him out, because just then he picked me. Open up, Rocky! Rocky, it's me, Johnny Servant. Open up, quick! Help me, Rocky. Help me, they're after me. Uh, short change somebody at the club, Johnny? This is serious. I'm on a spot. You can tell by the noise you ought to keep a curfew. They were shooting at me. They won't give me a chance to talk. It's that cop Greco. He's bucking for a promotion. I'm one more strike. All right, take it I, easy, Johnny. They're coming here. Help me, Rocky. I've always been a hard luck guy. Greco would kill me just for the fun of it. You know what he's like. He won't give me a chance. Nobody will give Johnny Servi a chance. Rocky, please, we're old pals, you and me. You give me a chance, please, Rocky, huh? Okay, Johnny. Oh, thanks. I haven't got time to hear your story now, Johnny. But if this is a wrong thing, I'll break you like they never could. I wouldn't get you in any trouble, Rocky. Honest. I'll tell you everything just the way it happened. In the closet there. Close the door and don't breathe. Yeah, Rocky. I got you. Open up again. It's the police. All right. All right. Ah, you look hot, Greco. The stairs too much for you? I'm looking for a friend of yours, Mr. Jordan. He came in here. Huh? Which one? Johnny Servi. And I will take him dead or alive. It doesn't matter to me. Now step aside. Uh, you got a warrant, Greco? I don't need one with you. Tonight you do. You will please step out of the doorway. I'm coming in. Uh, you... <laughs> You're too shovey even for a policeman. But I am a policeman, and I want survey any way I can get Back it. to your beat, Greco. One moment. Rocky Jordan might have been shot accidentally in the line of fire. If you make out the report, is that what it would say? That is exactly what it would say. Do I come in, Mr. Jordan? Uh, I don't argue with a police special. Sure, come on in. Greco! Better tuck it away, Greco. Sam still runs the department his way. Hmm. Well, Greco, 
So we've lost him, eh? No, Captain Sabaya. He is hiding here in Mr. Jordan's cafe. Huh? Hi, Sam. Everybody gunning around tonight? Jordan, are you hiding this man? We know he is a friend of yours. Oh, I got a lot of friends. Have sir. you seen Johnny Servi tonight? Jordan, an important diplomatic official was robbed at the international club tonight. The charge is against your friend Servi. It is a serious situation which might bring about complications. Now, Jordan, is this man here with you? I can make him answer that question, Captain. Greco, we represent the law. We do not violate it. Gotta remind him more often, Sam. He forgets easy. Within the hour, I will have a warrant issued to search these premises, Jordan. For your sake, as a guest of the Egyptian government, I hope we do not find Johnny Selby here. I hope so, too. All right, Greco. You mean we are not going to search this place now? We will do everything the law enabled us to do. Jordan. Yeah? Friendship is a most admirable attainment. It is the single proof that men are no longer barbarians. Sometimes, however, it is taken advantage of. And then it is a sin against civilization. Hmm. Good night, Sam. Good night, Jordan. I heard their story, Johnny. Hope you write a better one. Oh, you covered for me swell. Come on, okay. give it to me. Give it all to right, me. All right, all right. You know, I reckon the chips are Ed Solomon at the International Club. Yeah? Well, tonight a guy from one of the embassies takes the plunge. Loses more than he's got with him. He leaves his briefcase for security. Well, I figure the briefcase, full of important papers, will bring him back with the money he owes the house. What does that lead to? Well, the next thing I know, Greco and a couple of uniforms are knocking on the door, telling me how I robbed the embassy guy of his briefcase. And you made a break for it? Well, I told Greco what really happened, but he wanted to write it his way. It'd look good, him hauling me in. Even better if I came dead. People talk in places besides Cairo with an embassy guy in the deal. Greco'd get a promotion and I'm his water boy. He did real good, Johnny. What happens now? Big Ed Solomon, he owns the International Club. Greco wouldn't tangle with him, and Ed could do all my talking to the right people. You can help me, Rocky. Keep going. Ed Solomon lives in an apartment on the river. Will you see him for me, Rocky? Will you tell him what happened and get me out of this? Uh, I'm not going to get any sleep anyhow. Oh, you're a pal, Rocky. And I sure can use a pal. Yeah, Johnny. That's what scares me. I made sure none of Sabaya's boys were hanging around. Then I hustled Johnny Servi into a cab and dropped him off at a friend of mine's laundry shop. I didn't figure Sam or Greco would go through somebody's dirty burnooses looking for him. Then I headed over to the Nile Street apartment house where Big Ed Solomon lived. It turned out to be one of those chunks of white granite and copper window frames that makes Cairo, Egypt, look like a, a suburb of Michigan Boulevard. Inside, you know, it took a lot of British pounds and American dollars to keep the place up. I waited over a carpet that dragged on me like a Florida swamp and finally found a door marked Mr. and Mrs. Edward Solomon. I figured 500 pounds a year for a good lease. Pretty. Black hair and green eyes. Twenty-four, maybe. But she could have looked sixteen. Yes? I hate to bother you this time of morning, but it's very important. I've got to see Ed Solomon. Who's calling? Rocky Jordan. Oh, come in, Mr. Jordan. I'm Connie Solomon, Ed's wife. You? Perhaps I can help you. I'm doing this for a friend, Johnny Servi. He's in trouble and Big Ed can help him. I understand. Well, I'm sorry my husband's not here, Mr. Jordan. I've been sitting up waiting for him. I haven't seen Ed for five days. Oh? I've heard of you, Mr. Jordan. You run a cafe here in Cairo. 
You're an American like myself. Now, let's get back to your husband. Where is he? I don't know. I'd like to see him, too. The world's full of people who want to see him. What's your story? I used to sing. Three years ago, I was stranded at the Shepherd Hotel. One day, a big man came in and heard me and sent me flowers after the show. That'd be Big Ed. After that, he kept coming in, and, well, I, I began going out with him, and when he asked me to marry him, I married him. I didn't ask him what he did for a living or how he spent his time. Oh, he was good to me, and he's always been good to me, and... Um, now he's gone. You sound like he's gone for good. We've never been parted more than five hours since our marriage. He's given me everything. He's done everything for me. You never ask questions? Never. You you want him, Mr. Jordan, and, and I want him. You know where to look and who to ask. Oh, find him for me, please. From pictures I've seen of Big Ed Solomon, he'd be a pretty hard man to lose. Rocky, I'm scared. A partner of his, a, a man named Axman, was here last Monday night. That was the night Ed left and never came back. Axman? Mm-hmm. He's new to me. I was in the bedroom. I thought I heard them quarreling, and when I came out, Axman had his hat in his hand and was leaving, and Ed went with him. Is that all? I haven't seen him since. Do you think anything's happened to him? Do you think he's all right? I think you ought to try the truth. What? All the pictures I've seen of Big Ed Solomon were of a big man with a pipe in his face. I don't see any pipe racks around here, but I see where they might have been. Why, And if I went to the closet, I bet I wouldn't find any of Ed's clothes. What would you and Ed argue about? The same things we've been arguing about for three years. He drinks too much and he plays the horses too much. And besides, he hit me. Ah, that's better. So I finally got fed up and I told him to get out. Only now you want him back? Long enough to serve him with some divorce papers and get a property settlement. Yeah, thought it'd be something like that. But about Axman, I wasn't lying. He hates Ed, even if they are partners. Something from the old days. Well, Axman walked in when Ed and me was having our knockdown. If he wanted to bump Ed, he could do it, and well, somehow he fixed it so it looked like I'd done it. He's that kind. Make me look pretty sick if Ed turned up dead somewhere. Yeah, it would. Now, wait a minute. You still want to see Ed, don't you? Yeah. And you're going to look for him? I told you I got a friend who needs him. Yeah, that's what you said. Well, remember everything I told you, will you? Yeah, sure. You had a convincing story to begin with. You ever try acting? Yeah. Yeah, once I... Yeah, there's no future in it. <laughs> Maybe you're right, Connie. Hey, when when this is all over, let you and me have a drink somewhere or something, huh? No, oh, why not? I'd I'd like to meet a nice guy, a real nice guy, once. Yeah, just once. Oh, when I left her place, the morning sun already had the hangover crowd on the ropes. It looked like a pretty busy day for me. I'd covered for Johnny Servey, and the only way I could square myself was to find Ed Solomon and clear things up. So I started looking. I ran up a tab at five different places asking questions. Everybody talked, but nobody said anything. That is, until I ran into Sam Sabaya at the Courtney Club. He was standing at the bar, sucking in one of those long Egyptian cigarettes. His eyes didn't shift when they saw me. He just came my way like they were pulling him around. When he stopped, the tuft on his fez hadn't moved. We search your place, Jordan. Huh? Find enough liquor? Jordan, I've known you for a long time. Long time. You, you have a code that puzzles me. Hmm? Perhaps it is the difference between the East and the West. Whatever it is, the end is always the same. What are you trying to say, sir? I know that you were hiding Johnny Servey when Sergeant Greco and I were looking for him tonight. 
I know that you have hidden him somewhere else in the city. Uh, I posted no men to watch your cafe. I hope you can produce Harry when I ask for him, Jordan. Why don't you try an American cigarette, And I hope you have done the right thing this time. I'll handle Servia if you handle Greco. Jordan, there are some people who are controlled only with patience. Good night again. Oh, or rather, good morning. See you, Sam. Mr. Jordan. Hmm? Mr. Jordan. Where'd you come from, Buster? Oh, no, Buster. I am Jeannie. I've been searching for you, Effendi. I have some information. I've already got plenty of that. This is of special interest to you and your friend. What friend? Inshallah. Yeah. Akatakai. Effendi, Mr. Edward Solomon is a man of peculiar habits. I do not understand them. Come on, Jeannie, let's have it. In Cairo, he maintains a beautiful apartment and a lovely wife from your own country, I believe. Yes, I met her. But on the edge of the desert, away from the Nile, at the large oasis near El Fayoum, he also maintains a home. Not many persons know about it. Not even the beautiful Mrs. Solomon. You seem to know all about it. Kiss me. It is fate. I am in a business that makes such information, my uh, business... Mr. Solomon went to his desert home five days ago with a Mr. Axman. Is that all? That is all you need to know, Mr. Jordan. If it isn't enough, I'll want my money back. Effendi, I am superbly honest. Here, my home address, in case you wish to talk further with me. You act like this is a sure thing. Nothing is certain in this life, Mr. Jordan. Not even friends. (laughs) You've been peeking in Sam Sabaya's diary. Effendi, I do not understand. Well, skip it. Neither do I. When I left the little guy with all the information, nothing looked right. Johnny Servey's story, Connie Solomon's story, even Sam Sabaya's talk had a rattle in it. But no matter what Sam said at the bar, he was making a deal with me. He meant to have Servey. That meant I had to find Ed Solomon. So I got my car and drove up to El Fayum. The place looked tired and old, like it was a million years away from Cairo. The only thing new about it was a petrol station serving it up out of big five-gallon tins. The guy in the white pants and shirt didn't bother about a hat. I uh, guess he liked the sun. Hey, uh, George. Asalamu. Alaikum. Asalamu. Save it, pal. I never use it. You come from here, but somebody taught you a different alphabet. The Swami trick in the car he wants. Lousy racket. Yeah? What do you do now? Pour gas out of them tens you want some. Those look like uh, quartermaster marks. What difference does it make? You'll need gas to get back where you came from. All right, you got gasoline. What about coke? Try inside. The girl will take care of you. Oh, thanks. Don't mention it, Jordan. Did you say Jordan? I don't know. Did I? Darling, I cannot go on. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I thought you were Paul. Paul? Who's that? Paul Carew. This is his place. Oh, yes, I just met him. Nice fellow. He said I could find a Coke in here. Oh, yes, of course. You are traveling far? No, no. No, no, just to the oasis. Oh, that is just over the dunes. But there is no one there this time of year. Oh, I heard different. Oh, perhaps uh, you had your own home there? I'm looking for a guy, Big Ed Solomon. So- 
Solomon. You are a friend of his? No, I never met him, lady. Let me tell you. Car's all ready to go. Oh, thanks. Lisa, don't you think you ought to see how the fire's doing? Fire? What fire? Build one. Of course, Bob, of course. Goodbye, sir. Lisa is too friendly. I like friendly people. So they tell me. Keep the car here, will you? Huh? Uh, going to the Oasis. I don't see any road. I'll have to hoof it. It's right about half a kilometer. Your feet will get hot. Oh, I'll bet you got some foot powder. Doc Shaw himself. You want some? Yeah, when I get back. Suit yourself. See you around, pal. <laughs> Big Ed Solomon's house was there, all right. Well-ordered palm trees surrounded by an all-white job with a lot of grill work. I pounded on the door. Nobody answered. I smelled an oil lamp burning somewhere, so I pounded on the door some more. And some more people didn't answer. When I put my hand on the latch, the door opened. People or no people, and I went in. If you can believe it or not, somebody was there, right in front of the fireplace. Only he was dead. One side of his head was bashed in. No, you're wrong. It wasn't Big Ed Solomon. It was a guy I'd never seen before in my life. You are listening to Fall Guy, tonight's adventure with Rocky Jordan. For the most exciting mystery, turn first to CBS. There, your mystery programs will be full of the thrills you enjoy, full of the surprises which keep you absorbed in the story until the final climax. On Tuesday night, CBS, at 8.30, turn to a full hour of top mystery. Mr. and Mrs. North first, then Mystery Theater. Two unusual programs, a full hour voyage into the chilling realm of crime and punishment. Beginning at 8.30 on Tuesday night, CBS. Now we return you to Cairo and tonight's adventure with Rocky Jordan, Fall Guy. Sometimes you don't know just why you do things. Anyhow, when the police came looking for my friend Johnny Servey, I covered for him. Things like that don't exactly set with the law, so I had to find Johnny's boss and try to clear him. So I started out hunting Big Ed Solomon. All I found was a dead man I'd never seen before. I stood there and looked at whoever he'd been. Nothing in his pockets, labels cut off his blue suit, not even a pash or laundry mark. None of it made sense. I began looking around for a poker or a hammer or something. What I found was a heavy chunk of palm branch that had been polished for a lamp face. One end of it was stained. It was about then I heard somebody come in the door. When I turned around, I was looking at Paul Kiru, the gasoline swami I just met back at El Fayum. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. He looked at the dead man, at the piece of wood in my hand. But I was looking at the luger he was pointing at me. Through being friendly, Jordan. This guy's all used up. Know him? Never saw him before in my life. I did. Name's Tom Axman. Friend of Big Ed Solomon. Tom Axman? You killed you did. Were you? Uh-uh. There was a big fight. You don't know what it was all about. She said parts of it from my place. You conked him with that piece of wood. Pretty neat. I saw it all. 
And Lisa, she saw it too. And that makes me the patchy. You're it, Pally. Let's go find ourselves a cop. Carol waved the Luger at me and I started ahead of him for the door. He was good at doing frame-ups and he was good at running things. But he was only an amateur when it came to pushing a man with a gun. I waited to feel it in my back. It was there by the time I got to the door. And that was his mistake. Hey, look at him. Come back here. I shoved him against the wall, but he held on to the gun. There wasn't anything for me to do but make a break for the oasis. Come back, Jordan. Come back here. All the rest of that day, it went on in the oasis. Cairo crashing around looking for me. I hid behind date palms and in the underbrush. Found out a lot of things that bug experts would have gone buggy about. As far as helping Johnny Servey, you were finding Ed Solomon. I was doing no good at all. As soon as it got real dark, I figured it was safe enough to cross the patch of sand and hit the highway. Cairo must have figured the same way, because I didn't hear him crashing around anymore. So I went back to see Paul Cairo's wife, Lisa. Easy, baby. It's me. Oh, Mr. Jordan, it is you. Paul is looking everywhere for you. He says you killed a man. Tom Exman. Over in Mr. Solomon's home. Yeah, that's what he's saying. But you did not kill him. I know that. Yeah? You must leave here right away. Your life is not safe. Well, you're talking. Neither is yours. I came here with Paul two weeks ago. And everything that has happened is strange. Especially the disappearance of Mr. Solomon. And what about him? Have you seen him? A few nights ago, he came here with Mr. Exman. They had been drinking, and they were arguing when they went over to the cabin. Oh, I've heard that before. What else? I've not seen them since. But Paul has Mr. Solomon tied up in one of the cabins. He's been taking food to him. Who killed Axman? I'm afraid it, it was Paul. You've only got some of it. We'd better get to Cairo and see Sabaya. Your husband has my keys? Yes, yes. Uh, Solomon's car here? Yes, and the keys are in it. Where's the car? In there. Come on. Of course, this will mean the end of everything between Paul and myself. He doesn't strike me as good husband material. Love is a strange emotion, Mr. Jordan. It makes what is wrong very right. Can't put that on a police blotter. Yes. Yes, I know too well. I I don't know whether I should go back to Cairo with you or not. Lady, all he'll give you is a lot of grief, you know that. But I love Come him. on, come on, get in. I... It was Cairo off in the dark somewhere shooting at anything that moved. Lisa fell off the running board. I scrambled down, but when I got one look at her face, I knew she couldn't use any help. So I shoved the car into gear and burned tires straight for the road to Cairo. It took me two hours to get there. The guy at the laundry said Johnny Servey had taken a powder ten hours before. The sergeant at the desk said Sam Sabaya was where he couldn't be reached. That left only one guy to see, Jeannie, the information boy who had sent me on the chase to the Oasis. I pulled his card out of my pocket and found his place off in the native quarter, in between a phony rug maker and a lady barber. Buster, I've been up almost 24 hours without sleep. I saw one dead man and one woman killed. I don't feel good, and I want more information. Oh, Mr. Jordan, I told you where Mr. Solomon could be found. I gave you information. Uh, you didn't give it all. Please, didn't you find Mr. Solomon? I found a playmate of yours who likes to shoot people and beat their skulls in and hang phony raps oh, on them. Oh, start talking. Please, I know nothing of a man who would do such things. I know nothing of that man. When a punk like you comes silent up to me and tells me out of a clear sky where to find my man and doesn't argue about what I pay him, that means he's already been paid. And they only pay you for working. You, oh... 
I am above reproach, Mr. Jordan. I will never become involved in a killing or murder. Yes. Who paid you to send me up to El Fayum? Who paid you to frame me with a murder? It was me, Rock. I didn't tell him, Mr. Zerby. I didn't tell him. Shut up. 38 makes you a foot taller, Johnny. Easy, Rock, easy. I'll use it right here if I have to. I think you would. Paul Cairo phones me from El Fayum. Said you lambed out twice. You're awful tough, Rocky. Too tough to call a friend. Here, take this and buy yourself a new fez, Jeannie. Forget you ever saw Jordan. Oh, yes, Mr. Sir. Yes, sir. All right, Rocky, let's get going. Long drive ahead of us. I'll be able to drive it blindfolded someday. Someday. I'm still the fall guy? I hate to do it to you, Rocky, but you're it. This is my chance not to be a punk anymore. I take you back there and we call Sabaya. Me and Cairo fix it up like you did it all. Come on. Cairo will be getting anxious. Well, you can't say I didn't help my pal, Johnny Servey. You can't say I didn't find my man. Even if he was sitting in that same cabin with a couple of corpses on the floor. Big Ed Solomon needed a shave, but his face was a funny color. Maybe that was because he was looking at two bodies. Axemans and Lisa's. I guess Cairo brought Lisa over from where she dropped by the car. He was standing there with a couple of big tears in his face, holding a gun against Big Ed's back. Johnny, I thought you'd never get here. Come on, let's get this over with. Sorry about Lisa. Never mind. Never mind about her now. Let's get this finished. Don't be nervous, Cairo. Meet Rocky Jordan, Ed. He killed you. Hi, Jordan. You're the poor guy, huh? Tough luck. Where'd you find him, Johnny? Where I said I'd find him. You still killing the wrong people, Kiru? Not quite finished, Pally. Two down and one to go. I'm next, huh? Sorry, Ed. Business. Bill of sales all signed. Me and Kiru will take over the international club where you and Axman left off. That's good enough reason. Hey, Jordan. We gonna let him rub us, me out, and then pin all this on you, or... We're going to do something about it. Take it easy, Ed. I think we ought to do something about it. Watch him, Cairo. Big Ed Solomon was good. He shot the first two slugs from Cairo's gun and the first two out of Johnny's, all in the chest. By that time, I'd gotten hold of a poker and brought it into Cairo's face. He looked sick in a big way and went down without a word. When I looked around, Big Ed had twisted the gun from Johnny's hand. I think he was already dead when he pulled the trigger. No, Ed! No, no, no! Rocky, help me. I did once, Johnny. Remember? Yeah. Yeah, no. Why'd you pick me, Johnny? The embassy trick was level. I got the idea a couple of days ago. Figured I could get you looking for Big Ed. You set it up with Cairo. Well, Rocky, you aren't a patsy anymore. No, Jordan. You are not a patsy anymore. Cops and everything. Hi, <laughs> Captain. I didn't work it so well. You were wrong when you first started, Sammy. Yeah. Nothing I ever did ever worked out. Hard luck guy. Rocky. Yeah. Rocky. You were a good guy. I guess I was... Well, you just played in the wrong team, Johnny. 
You never were. Let's go, Chosen. Yes, yeah. From here on, it's a monologue. Well, Sam and I picked up the pieces later on. It was like Johnny said. The embassy thing that night was true enough. Greco wanted Johnny bad. But Johnny got ideas and figured me for the patsy in his deal with Kiro. He had the guy tip me off to where Big Ed was, and Cairo put Big Ed under lock and key, killed Axman, and waited for me. You know how it happened from there on out. Lisa got in the way, I got in the way, and Johnny got in the way. Sam looked sad when it was all over. Uh, maybe I did too. You go out on a limb for a pal, next thing you know, somebody's chopping down the tree. CBS again at this same time next week for another story of adventure and intrigue when we take you back to Cairo and the Cafe Tambourine run by Rocky Jordan. Jack Moyles plays the title role with tonight's story by E. Jack Newman, edited by Larry Roman and Gomer Cool. Rocky Jordan is produced and directed by Cliff Howell with original music by Richard Arant. Larry Thor speaking. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. That's our thriller for this week. Hope you enjoyed it. You can find more from Rocky Jordan, past episodes of Relic Radio Thrillers, thousands of other old-time radio episodes, and everything else Relic Radio at the website, relicradio.com. You can donate through the website as well if you'd like to help support this and all of our shows. Thanks to those who have helped out. Thanks for joining me this week. Be back next Friday with another episode of Relic Radio Thrillers. Thrillers.